Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name is Ernest Price and I'm the Education Officer at Vape. We are using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. I would like to acknowledge that this interview took place on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Karis McEwen is back today for the last set of book recommendations for what has been a very long term too. Please enjoy. Hello Vape Village and welcome to our last session with Karis McEwen for term two. Uh, In case you've forgotten since last time we spoke to her, Karis is the CBCA Vic branch president. I'm going to stop there because she's already shaking her head. Um, what she is also, however, is a school librarian who is back in a school. Back How's it been, Karis? In a little empty classroom with no students. So at Richmond High School, we only have years seven to nine. So we don't have uh, any students back at the moment. Uh, so it's pretty quiet. Just the teaching staff and support staff here this week. And the few students who are on campus are in your library, which is why you're not. That's why I'm hiding up here, because my library has got a handful of students in it. And I'm sure you can hear in the background a piano being tuned as well. So I'm not in my quiet home anymore, that's for sure. No, definitely not. And just so people know, those plants behind you are not real plants. Um, It's a very long backstory behind those plants, but um, suffice to say they're there to absorb noise because... related yes exactly um they do a limited job at that but they're something anyway um they are the legacy of of course um colin simpson the principal of richmond who unfortunately passed away last year um he spent a lot of time thinking about and talking about those plants so it is quite a fond memory i have of him Hmm. all right karis what do you got for us today Great. So the first uh, thing I wanted to do was do the year seven and eight recommendations. Um, Obviously, it's quite a difficult time in the world right now, not only with the global pandemic, but the escalating situation in the US. And I think that uh, one way that I feel I can maybe support teachers and librarians who are trying to help their young students understand these issues a little bit further is is through great literature. And there's one book in particular um, that I would really highly recommend to younger readers in particular. I would also give this probably to upper primary students and that's called Ghost Boys by Jewel Parker Rhodes. It's a a Black Lives Matter book for younger readers in, in a similar vein to titles like The Hate You Give, or Dear Martin that are for older young adults. This one is uh, is for younger readers. It tells the story of a 12-year-old boy in the United States who is shot by the police while playing with a toy gun. Uh, the story unfolds partially after his death, uh, and he's, he's a ghost. He's watching his family and friends grieve, and it's also told partially while he is alive, and it shows the impact of poverty and racial inequality in his young life. Uh, along the way, throughout the narrative, he meets other young Black men that have suffered a similar fate to him, Uh, including all the way back to Emmett Till in 1955, who was a young black boy that was lynched uh, in the United States. So hence the title Ghost Boys. This is a really, really good book for teachers or librarians who have young students that need help understanding the issues around police brutality, racism and white supremacy. Um, And of course, we have similar issues here in Australia. The context of this book is 
perfect to help explain the current situation in the US. But it is maybe uh, something that could be used to reflect on similar inequalities in our own country. It's not a book that shies away from obviously very heavy issues. It's heart-wrenching, but it is age-appropriate for 10 to 14-year-olds. And it's quite a short story with very sparse language um, that sort of manages to be incredibly profound despite that um, the sort of there's not many words on the page, if if that makes sense. It is quite sparse, but uh, it expresses something deeply profound. Um, And if people are looking, we're going to talk in a moment about books that will deal um, a little more with the Australian context. Um, We've got some recommendations on that front because, of course, it's also National Reconciliation Week here um, and part of National Reconciliation Week, I know you and I both believe, is reflecting on the way these issues of police brutality and racism play out in an Australian context. Um, But if people are looking for some more US-specific suggestions, they might want to follow Project Lit. Um, on social media, which is um, a series of resources that um, deal, I guess, with and explore some of those books, particularly from an African-American perspective. Um, And it's specifically aimed at at young people. So um, you can check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you're looking for some more recommendations along the lines of what Karis has given us there. Yeah, great. Thanks for that, Ernest. Brilliant recommendation. So the other one that actually explores very similar issues but in an Australian context is Catching Telecrow by Amblin Quaymelina and Aizkeel Quaymelina, um, which uh, normally I would probably give to older readers, to be honest, but lately a group of my year seven, specifically at Paran High School, have been all reading this and absolutely loving it. It's actually surprised me a little bit. Um, when I read the book, I kind of thought it was one of those books that had so much literary merit and such high quality, but would maybe be enjoyed more by adults and older readers. So to have this group of year sevens reading it is really fantastic. Um, and I'm, I'm going to run with it and keep giving it to young people. It does explore some really, really heavy themes and I would recommend it to students uh, cautiously. It is shocking and heartbreaking and as the book progresses, it examines racism, violence, historic injustices and and corruption within the police force within an Australian context. So it does have complicated themes and uh, a strong use of literary devices, including a mixture of prose and verse. but yeah, I would still recommend it for year sevens and eights. It's a small town mystery. So I think that mystery element can help suck in young students uh, in, into the narrative. And it intertwines themes of grief, colonial history, violence and family. This would be a great set text as well, I believe, maybe at a year eight or nine level. Absolutely. And I interviewed um, Quay Mullina last year at the Melbourne Writers Festival on a panel with Claire G. Coleman, who's... Um, work is more adult fiction, um, but both authors talked about the way that speculative fiction and sort of more unusual um, in a white literary context, um, uh, unusual sort of literary structures um, actually can mirror Indigenous experience and Indigenous um, belief systems as well around issues like non-linear time, for example, which is something which Um, is explored in that book and yeah it's a fantastic book that I think is incredibly layered and I think young people can probably access it at a a bunch of different entry points as well so your more sort of sophisticated readers might be able to pick apart some of those really complex structures that are used but for for other readers it's simply an engaging narrative. Absolutely yeah there's a lot to unpack there. 
Uh, so the third book that I wanted to recommend for year sevens and eights uh, is something completely different. It's a book that I read this weekend and just absolutely could not put down. And I actually can't wait for my students to come back next week so I can thrust this into their hands very forcefully. Uh, so that book is The List of Things That Will Not Change. Have you read it? I haven't, but I've seen it all over social media lately. So I'm looking forward to hearing about it. It's, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful story. So it's just an all-round um, perfect book. Uh, the voice of the main character, who's 12-year-old uh, B, Beatrice, it's so strong and compelling. And this book really sums up how hard change is for young people and what it looks what it looks like to go through really, um, you know, I suppose seemingly small life changes for adults, but for young people, really big things. Um, the other thing that I loved about it is the adults in it are really well written. Um, sometimes they're incompetent, they're flawed, they don't really understand what it's like to be a young person anymore, but they have good intentions and the support that they offer the main characters is really lovely. Um, I highly recommend that book probably to almost anyone uh, in that age range. Fantastic. So moving on to your nine and 10 recommendations. Uh, the first one that I wanted to recommend is Nona and Me by Claire Atkins. Uh, as you said earlier, it's National Reconciliation Week in Australia. And I think it's always important to make sure that First Nations voices are present in your library collections and on your set text lists. But this week is a, a really great week to raise awareness of these types of books with young people and with your students. So Nona and Me is actually from a couple of years ago now. I think it's 2016. Uh, but it's one of my favourite Australian books that explores issues of politics and racism within a very personal and accessible story of friendship. So it's about two girls who are in year 10, Rosie, who is white, and Nona, who's Aboriginal. And that difference has never been an issue in their friendship until there is a political announcement in their small mining town that starts to highlight the divisions within their communities. It's a really powerful coming of age story that celebrates friendship and loyalty as well as family and community and I actually just looked before this and they have some incredible teaching notes on the Black Ink book website as well as a number of uh, YouTube videos with the author um, that explore some of the or unpack some of the themes for young people. Fantastic. Uh, so the second book that I wanted to recommend is a book of poetry, um, which is Ellen Van Nieuwen's Comfort mm -hmm. Food. Uh, Ellen just released a new book, I think, last week. You recommended yeah, it. I think, I think so. Well, I've not read her. Um, I've not read their new book, Throat, yet. Um, I feel like maybe might have some more mature sort of. Yeah, I, I would. Um, <laughs> not comfortable necessarily handing it over to a young person, but no doubt some of them will find it anyway. It's it's a fantastic work. Completely, but their book Comfort Food I would happily hand over to year nines and tens and elevens and twelves um, because I think it's a, a really incredible book of poetry that is very accessible uh, and has some incredible language in it that I think young people could really um, really enjoy. So uh, it's uh, Ellen's first book of poetry and it explores identity and sovereignty and their uh, restless quest for love that's what it says on the back uh, which I really liked uh, through themes of place and food as well um, it's a book obviously it's called comfort food and it's a book that kind of makes you feel a little bit hungry at times because of the the rich descriptions of of um, different food and meals um, 
the language in it is really sensuous and really visceral uh, with, yeah, as I keep saying, plenty to unpack. Uh, and it, yeah, it would make an incredible set text, I think, at an upper secondary level, or even to just pull out a couple of the really strong poems to look at in the classroom. Certainly, and I know Heat and Light, their uh, short fiction collection, um, has been used in a number of schools really successfully. Students really gravitate towards their, I mean, obviously they're a poet as well as a prose writer. So I think every time uh, writers have that combination, it leads to really, really rich use of language. Um, and I just posted, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, on the Vake social media channels, um, a really great resource um, of Ellen talking about their work um, in conversation with Maxine Beneva-Clark for the Willis Centre and one of the great um, sort of byproducts of the situation we find ourselves in is that many of these um, events like the Willis Centre conversation are actually available now online for free, um, you know, if you wouldn't have been able to ever get there in the first place. So that's fantastic. And that conversation would be really great to use excerpts with, um, with young people in picking apart the use of language because Ellen reflects really... Um, uh, in a lot of depth about their work and the construction of the work and the kind of influences on their work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Um, so the third book that I wanted to recommend for Year 9 and 10 is one that I haven't read yet, but I feel confident recommending it uh, because it's Patrick Ness, uh, and that is uh, his new book, Burn. Um, yeah, so I haven't read it yet, but I'm so intrigued by the concept. And one of my librarian friends who I know has very similar taste to me and I, I trust um, completely, she has been raving about it. So I'll still recommend it without reading it. And I'm really excited to read it. Just arrived in the library this morning. Um, you never know what you're going to get with Patrick Ness. That's, I think, his biggest skill. He always keeps you guessing. He His work is highly unpredictable. Um, but by the same measure, his books, uh, they're not always the easiest to read, which I think makes them sometimes a little bit hard to sell to young people. But I think they're really perfect for readers that are up for a challenge and like to be pushed in their reading, which I think we all do know those readers or we can identify them. So Patrick Ness is perfect for that. This book, as you can see from the cover, it's uh, about dragons or features dragons, but I'm told it's not a book about dragons. It's a book about love, revenge, prejudice and faith. So it's never just about the dragons, Karen. It's never just about the dragons, but there are dragons in this book. Well, I love the cover as well, so I feel like that's a fairly bold direction uh, if you're not going to claim your book is about dragons. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading that. I'm going to add it to my um, my pile of to read. And the kids will all accuse me of, of being a book hog, but librarian. I was literally just about to say, in case anyone was wondering if librarians order and read first before all others, here's your proof. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I wanted to add to the picture as well. Are you done? Yes, I am. Yes. Um, we had a little chat by email in preparing for this uh, conversation, um, and I mentioned the Growing Up series of books um, published primarily by um, Black Ink as well. Um, I've only got Growing Up African in Australia on hand. Um, I wrote the teaching notes for this book, so I know they're done and they're available, um, and you can direct any complaints about them personally to my email address. Um, fantastic resource. Um, the growing up books are fantastic. Um, many you have, to have them in your library. It's like an absolute, absolutely. Yeah, and them. many teachers who've been around for a while will remember that growing up Asian was a really successful text on the BCE English Texas for a really long time. Um, so we've got um, obviously growing up African and growing up queer are the most recent iterations, and growing up disabled will be coming out. It was supposed to be this year, but it'll be next year now. 
Um, but growing up Aboriginal in Australia, growing up African in Australia, um, there is a version of a growing up Muslim in Australia that doesn't quite fit. Um, oh, sorry, growing up, uh, yeah, there's a growing up Arab book, which was published by someone else as well. I can't remember who published that. But what's great about these books as well, obviously, in and of themselves, they're really rich and fantastic texts to have um, in your library or in your school. But if you're a classroom teacher um, who wants to explore some of these issues around the legacy of colonisation, in this land that gets called Australia, um, or you want to talk about modern day issues of race and racism in Australia, um, you can pick out age appropriate stories. There's a really big range of stories in these books um, and you can pick out ones that you think will be most appropriate for um, the age of students you're working with and, and have a look at some of the cross section of experiences and also the evolution of, I mean, it's really a horrible thing to say, but sort of the evolution of racism in Australia and the way that it has um, a very painful legacy. And I think um, in keeping with what Kara said at the top of this conversation, um, I think what is happening in the US um, is rightfully triggering um, a very important conversation about the experience of people of colour in Australia, um, and particularly, obviously, in the light of National Recon Reconciliation Week, the experience of, of Aboriginal people in Australia. So we'd really encourage you to um, have a look in your library. These are probably there um, and pick them up and, and try and use um, excerpts in your class if possible. Um, should we talk about what we've been reading? Yes, tell me what you've been reading. You want me to go first? Okay. First up, I just finished uh, uh, Midway Through Last Week, You People by Nikita Lawani. Um, really amazing text. Have you started reading it yet, Kara? So no, I've not received it yet. I've ordered it. But it hasn't um, so set in a restaurant, essentially, um, which sort of becomes a de facto haven for um, people who are I guess, without easy options. Um, so there may be people who are escaping um, issues of violence or family poverty, et cetera, um, and also predominantly people who are um, termed illegal immigrants. Um, and the owner of the restaurant is quite mysterious, um, but looking for ways to help some of those people who he believes should have access to, um, I guess, legal recourse for the situation they find themselves in. So it's sort of told between two... Um, two main characters um, who come from very different backgrounds. I won't reveal too much, but there is a, a lot of discussion of the Sri Lankan civil war and the outcome of the Sri Lankan civil war, which I think in an Australian context is really important for us to understand and engage with the book is not Australian, said in the UK. But um, yeah, great read, really um, strongly recommend. Um, also, I really like the cover art, but that's, don't judge a book by cover. Um, my other recommendation reading at the moment, um, have you heard about this, Karis? No, I don't know anything about that. So this is one of those books where occasionally you read something and you realise you are ageing. Um, so The Butchers is set um, sort of between 2018 and 1996. Um, and it's dealing with the BSE or Mad Cow Crisis um, in the UK. So it's set in Ireland, um, but sort of the flow-on effects of what was happening in um, England and also Northern Ireland at the time. Um, so I say that it reminds me how old I am because it's not often that you read like a work of historical fiction that you can really, you know, quite clearly remember. I was in grade seven in 1996, so I can really clearly remember Mad Cow as a phenomenon or that iteration of Mad Cow as a phenomenon. It deals a lot with um, the legacy of myth in Ireland. Um, so the butchers, um, the whole concept of the butchers is linked to um, Irish folklore essentially. Um, I'm only a third of the way through, but uh, yeah, strongly recommend. Um, it's touted as one of the first works of fiction to deal with the BSE crisis. So 
I must um, say, when you first started talking, I wondered if it was non-fiction, but that's yeah, really... no, fiction. Um, so looking at the, a family who, I mean, basically dealing with rural Irish life, so a lot of connection to cattle. Mm. What are you reading, Karis? Uh, so I just got two books in the mail um, that I'm halfway through reading. One, which is Little Bandage Days by Kira Wilder, which is, I'm absolutely loving it, but it's sort of um, so visceral and intense. I'm, I'm having to read it in really small chunks. Uh, so it tells a story of a young family through the eyes of the mother. Uh, she has two young children and her husband gets a job in Switzerland, in Geneva. So they move over there. Uh, and his job is quite intense. He works all day and most of the night and is never home. Uh, so the whole story unfolds just her taking care of her two young children. It's sort of a bit of a descent into loneliness to the point of madness. Um, and it's incredible. Uh, it's really yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really, I don't know if enjoying it is the word, but uh, it's an incredible piece of literature and yeah, qu a quiet story, but it is sort of getting a little bit, getting more intense as, as it goes on. So I'm really interested to see how it, how it ends. And then the other book that I've ordered, I'm a little bit nervous about because it's, um, it's Rodham by Curtis Sittenfield and Curtis Sittenfield is one of my all-time favourite authors, but this book has, um, I think I have such high expectations of this book that I'm nervous to read it because I'm worried it won't meet my expectations, which is such a weird, like, psychological thing when it comes to approaching. Yeah, analyze that, Karis. <laughs> like, these two books arrived, and I've been so excited about um, the, the Curtis Sittenfield book, but I didn't read that first. I wanted to put it off a little bit longer. I'm not sure why, but uh, I am, yeah, excited to, to read it and hopefully it will meet my expectations. I've heard, I suppose, mixed reviews. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's a, that's a reimagining of Hillary Clinton's life mm -hmm. if she hadn't met Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wonder how that works, writing a, a book like that. Like, does, does, did Hillary give her permission to write that book? Uh, it's a very interesting question. I often think about that when people, um, you know, for example, write Facebook into their fiction but don't mention Facebook. Is it about the legal yeah. ramifications or is it about not wanting to? Yes, yeah, very interesting field. Yeah. Question following up from that. Um, when you were a kid, did you eat your favourite part of the dinner first or last? Uh, I always ate it first, actually. Oh, interesting. I, I, re I remember reading, I think, a line in like a Judy Bloom novel or something that said, you should always eat the best first in case the roof collapses and you've only eaten the bad stuff. So why are you not reading the book? <laughs> okay, we'll leave the psychoanalysis there. Um, before we sign off for today, I just wanted to firstly thank Karis so much for this term. Um, I know in this period of remote learning, it's been a real lifeline um, for VAPE members. Uh, it's been fantastic to hear your recommendations every fortnight. Um, and in light of that, we're really happy to announce that you're going to be on board with us going forward. Um, we're not going to ask so much of your time. Um, we're going to move to two interviews a term. And we're going to make sure that they're really targeted um, so that we maximise your time. So I think we're looking at the first um, session next term will be around text selection for set texts um, looking to 2021. So stay tuned for that, VAPE members. Thank you so much, Paris, um, for all of your work for us this term. We've really appreciated it. And we'll see you next term. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. We'll speak to Karis again at the start of Term 3 as we all look towards tech selections for 2021. 
It's been a very long term too. Thank you so much for your contributions to the Vade Village. We've really been overwhelmed by how generous our members have been in supporting each other in this very trying time. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your provider. Leave Vade some feedback on our social media uh, pages or via email at educationofficer at vate.org.au. I'd love to hear from you if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Please stay safe and please do try and get somewhat of a holiday for once. Thanks for listening.